0: Welcome back into another edition of the Kickabout here on the Blue Room. I am your host, Rob Vera. Joined this week once again by Hannah Farrell and one of Hannah's two dads, Les Roberts. Uh, I, of course, <laughs> I, of course, being the the other. Um, I feel like we can run that joke into the ground quite a bit, guys. I don't know; just it seems appropriate when I have the three of you on. Uh, three of us. Well, when the three—I'm sorry—when the three of us are together, look, I just, God, just get off my. Do balls, I have an extra Hannah. dad
2: that I don't know about.
0: The fact that you have two is—is is, you know. Well, actually, your actual dad is—I guess your third in this scenario. But yeah, uh, we
2: show some. Should we get him involved? Oh,
0: <laughs> oh, man. Now, Hannah, cr- cr- correct me if I'm wrong. Is it your dad that is also the Everton fan? And then the other members of your family are reds, is that?
2: Yeah, yeah, me mom and me sister are clapping to me and dad dad's blues. So it, okay. it was really nice on Saturday. It was just, So they have the big room. We always get shipped off to the smaller living room. And it was very quiet from down the hall, so it was lovely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who's going to get the big room now? I think I know the answer to that.
2: Well, no, see, me dad's so superstitious. So say, like, even if, like, he goes to the toilet and we score, he'll stay. In the bathroom and oh have to listen God. to it on the radio. <laughs> He'll always have like free shirts with him on the couch. And if our by half time it's all going to shirts, he's like, right, shirt change. Or yeah, he does all match shit like that. So now wow. we have to stay in the room where we've had the luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that superstitions, um, fan superstitions especially are fascinating, but I have and, and they're you know they're as old as time. Everyone's got them, but it does take quite a big egotistical leap to think that you doing a number two in the toilet, uh, and when you're doing it, coincides with the fortunes of, of your favorite football team. But hey. Whatever he's doing, uh, it seems to be working because we've had a great week, guys. Um, Well, you know,
2: it's the first time he hasn't wore an Everton shirt to watch the match all season. So uh, that's the new one now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no shirts. (laughs)
2: No shirts.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've done that. Like, I think I wore my... Les, you probably have a... You probably remember some of the older... Well, not older, but, you know, from the last, like you know, 10, 15 years shirts. I have uh, the one that I wore at the beginning of the season was the the gold uh, Everton—it sh- uh, was probably like a third, third shirt or whatever. It may have been the, it may have been the road shirt that. Like, no, I don't remember. But it was like gold. <laughs> it had, it was the Chang one. Oh, I the, uh, know which one you be. The co- Lacoste la sportive. sportive. Yeah, yeah. Love that's my. Yeah, that's a good. Might cop, be man. my, might be my favorite. Uh, I it's loved like,
2: when we had Lacoste sports I think they were like some of our top kits. Apart, that's apart
3: that's from the uh, the eighty five remake with the weird bib and bra. City. Oh yeah. yeah! All the other yeah. shirts were brilliant, apart from that one.
0: I like. I think I like this one because um, some of the Everton shirts that I buy, um, and and I definitely have held out this year waiting for the discounts to kick in. But whenever I buy new Everton shirts, they're always a little bit tight fitting. Now, granted, there might be some. Covid growth, if you will, built into <laughs> that equation uh, as it pertains to my body mass index. But still, uh, those that that gold Lecoq sportif shirt just it it, ne- it doesn't shrink past where it is. It's always very comfortable. I really love that shirt, and I love the color too. Yeah, uh, and I feel like we. I feel like that might have been – I have to look it up again because I always forget. I want to say that's like a 2011, 2012 shirt maybe or 2010,
2: yeah. 2011. I thought yeah. it
3: was earlier. Ooh, could, could 2009 was the, the big one, I think. So I think that one you've got was out when we had the collar with the little gold trim.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, shit, oh, the d- Jelovic war, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it was. oh, God. I loved, I loved that. The, the, there were some, there were some decent, uh, decent sides in those days. So, yeah. um, just, just on the new kits, um, the, yeah, how do they fit? I, I they don't, bit, I don't I think I've small. asked anyone that. I, I'll, see,
3: the,
2: this is oh, what wait. I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, I've got the, so
3: I bought the, the pink goalie top in summer to go away all the way up to Scotland then. Um, <laughs> medium which is my size so I'm a medium in pretty much everything um, but then the the mid green top that's a large
2: Seafoam blue
3: and I'm not a large in anything at all ever so yeah. I think they run a bit small um,
2: see when I was pissed the other night and so I basically ever since on soft I got an email 10 minutes after the match finish saying 50% off so I was like take amazing. my money you beautiful oh, yeah. people they so help. I went I went and got him the amber shirt because I've been dying for it. Mm. But I normally, so in my coral shirt I've got from last season, that's a large buoy's because, you know, I'm only five foot one. But everyone was saying because they run so small this year, so I've got like a small like adult one. But I'm still a bit scared now because of like, you know, COVID and all that if it's not going to fit me. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like if that happens, I'm going to be distraught. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, but see, part of that, though, I found that I... So I'm an XL um, and, you know, I'm six foot three and I've like, you know, wide shoulders. And so that part of the equation never really changes. And obviously I will, you know, like everyone fluctuates from weight here and there, my waist and the stomach and all the normal stuff. But I found that d- depending on the year, I I get an extra large in some of those shirts and they are a little tight and I kind of end up wishing like that I'd maybe just opted for the the 2XL or something. But then mentally, guys, uh, uh, you know, it's a vanity thing. It's a confidence thing. I, I can't bring myself to buy a 2XL. I, I feel Is like it? at the point at which I have bought a 2XL <laughs> in anything, and I don't care how small they run or if I can even use the, quote, european size uh, excuse <laughs> that i've really I, i've really lost in life a little bit if i'm if i'm at the 2xl stage so i i, I it's, it's like that seinfeld episode where, where uh jerry has been writing the the old size on his jeans because he's <laughs> a little
3: bit a little bit vain like that that's probably there how is, i am there is a tipping point with the number of l's on your shirt though isn't there so me going in from a medium into a large i'm actually quite happy with that because i'm 11 stone ring and wet no matter what like, I, just don't, I just don't put on weight whatever no. Um so for me to go from so to large I'm thinking <laughs> you. Do you know what yeah I'm, I'm finally filling out a little bit this is good but then I guess yeah if you're an XL anyway which you're thinking yeah you know I'm a big fella that's good but then you go to a 2XL that's a bit mm-hmm. oh, hang on is this Where's this going? And by the way, that's a misnomer
0: because a two XL. Sometimes in your mind, you read that and you're like, it's twice as large as an extra large, but it's <laughs> not. <much>. It's <laughs> like, it's just slightly larger than an XL. But the word, <laughs> the, just the two, the, the number two followed by an XL, just makes you feel like a fat fuck. And I well, I, it essentially says I, I'm willing to two times big, large. I'm willing to be husky but I'm not quite willing to call myself fat <laughs> even though uh, by your standards in the UK maybe I am fat I don't know I probably am fat but 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 I feel here, like I've, I shouldn't come
2: <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't complain now about not being able to get into large boys anymore. I feel like my argument's gone out the window. If, if,
3: if you're an adult and you're still getting away with buying kids' clothes, you are winning at life. No, only you, in you getting... only
2: in shirts in the umbro shirts. They were you could get into a kid's one of then, the Hummel ones, not so much.
3: What about your trainees? Can you buy kids' training a... stuff?
2: Well, this is so this pisses me off. This is I was, last night I was feared about this. I'm a size free. And for some reason that means that I can only get Fucking pink sparkly shoes, and I don't want them. <laughs> I don't want shoes like that. And every time I see a nice pair of webs, they only start from size seven. Oh,
3: that's so.
2: Heavy. Yeah, apparently I can yeah, only he though, can't neon good. big chabby shoes. Elise for skating. Yeah,
3: He's
2: soft there. That's, good. <laughs> that's exactly so what I want. What,
0: what size? So Hannah, what size shoe do you wear?
2: A three, so a thirty-six
0: a three that, so I'm trying it to remember very small shoes. I think that's a four in the States <laughs> yeah. isn't it no yeah. two, well, in States, isn't it? Two. It's two in the States I yeah. think it's two in the yeah, States because yeah. I think we're a one below like because I, wear, I remember
2: my ex-fella brought me back a pair of shoes from New York once and brought me a fucking four and a half so obviously that was like a six at home and they were like fucking canoes uh, on me <laughs>
0: See, I have a I wear size 13 shoes in the US which are always are marked the size 14. I think 14 UK. I think it's a size up, right? I think yes. it is a size up in the UK. Anyway, uh I have the same problem you know, on just on the other end of the spectrum. When I was younger, a lot of times you go into stores and they cut off right at, at size 12. And it's by size 13 would be the special order. And <laughs> there's nothing less satisfying than when you go out and you want to buy shoes or shop for something. And you have to special order it because... If it's delayed gratification, what's the point of shopping? Shopping is about <laughs> that ser- that that serotonin that just
2: yeah hits right the here endorphins when you have, will get released y- and you yeah, spend money. Yeah, or Woo!
0: endorphins. <laughs> yes, or yeah. I, I serotonin's probably the wrong word. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, well. Anyway, no, I I was thinking too about I was always glad I wasn't an Arsenal fan back in the. I mean, for a variety of reasons, but, <laughs> but when they were wearing those... Um, oh, oh, my the gosh, skin tights. The Puma, the Puma ones. Remember the Puma shirts? Well, you yeah. yeah. see
2: like everything. The
3: nipples. They were very nipply, those shirts. <laughs> they
2: were skin well, tight, not- weren't
3: they? Yeah, the Cuba shirts were like that um, around when Rooney broke through that season. Uh, mm. Zinsky, remember we had the... It uh, was like a cycling shirt. So we had the blue and the black Hmm. I'm just going to find out what year. see when Rooney broke are you talking about when he was yo- 2000, like young 2002, <laughs> 2003 sure, see
0: because I always associate that period with the super baggy kits you know? well, yeah,
2: I've got the so image see, of Rooney in my head yeah, he's so like in a sack
3: he's the like wearing before, two sizes too big yeah the, the <laughs> blue one with the white panels down the side the puber one that was huge but then yeah. the reason after that he went completely the other way uh, mm. the really skin tight blue one that you don't see much of anymore but I remember
2: a lot of people were panicking when we announced Hummel because Hummel are known for doing very tight-fitting shirts. I know we're saying up the sizes are not forgiven at all, but in the past, they've done them type of, like, stuck ones, haven't they? So everyone's yeah,
3: like, oh. They're not really produced with the fans in mind, are they, to be
0: honest? So so do you guys feel like the Hummel ones are a l- run a little small? Or they yeah, I know funny? people
2: who even the kids who they've had to go, like, sizes up for and everything See. with Hummel.
0: I mean, that's the double jeopardy for me is because if I order something, you got to remember it takes like a month for it to get here. Okay. Because apparently they, you know, put all of the shipping from the UK on wooden rafts uh, into the ocean (laughs) and just let them sail and there's no tracking. I got this
2: from California. I ordered this six weeks ago and it turns up two days ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right.
2: How? Yeah. Wait, how does it take
0: that long? <laughs> I ordered something from Australia not that long ago, and I might as well have just ordered it from the year 1985, okay? <laughs> it was just it, – it's ridiculous how long it takes. And, and and I you know, that's the thing is the, the worst – it's one thing like you order something off of a store that's local or, you know, even just national, whatever. Uh, you buy something off Amazon, you cancel it really fast, or you can return it like, like that, Right. man, if I had to try to return an Everton shirt, oh, my God. You know, first of all, I've waited a month to get it. I'm going to wait another month for it to probably get back before they'll even start processing the return. And then they're going to send it. Like, it it, it just – it would be like a three-month ordeal. So, I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm going to have to do one of two things. I'm either going to have to just bite the bullet and order the 2XL and, yes – Probably take some white out and like paint over the number two on there just because I'm really super vain. Uh, or I just wait until the next time I can come over and just go into the store and try them myself. That way, you know, just. You know, go over to the to the Liverpool two one, whatever the place is, the, the, the main one. store, Liverpool one, Everton two, Liverpool. And I love it. Whatever. Everyone's
2: been putting that on Twitter this week. People who work on town, by the way, and I've loved it. Just taking a picture of the Everton two. <laughs>
0: uh, well, now that we've gotten through, uh, you know, my 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 body and self esteem <laughs> issues as it pertains to kids. Uh, guys. Um, so there's there's <laughs> there's there some episodes where of this where I feel like I need to come prepared with topics, and then there are other weeks that just sort of write themselves. Episodes that write themselves. We can start anywhere. Um, I, I I do want to kind of you know I, I want to throw out there that um, I am I'm still I'm still I'm on I still feel great about Saturday. Uh, I just. I still think I'm having a hard time believing it really happened because because I spent so long with it not happening. And then I used to think, well, if it ever does happen, who knows? I don't even know how I would react. And now it's happened. And I still find myself just kind of like... Okay, okay. What is this? What does this mean? Is this, this is great. I mean, because uh, on the one hand I, I could start off this conversation by saying, well guys, we've just completed a week where we had an embarrassing loss to Fulham. We lost two of three matches and yet we're all on top of the fucking world.
3: It's amazing how that works. <laughs> That's right? a point.
0: I mean, uh, like, like, We that's the thing is uh, I there is a little special part of me that's still pretty mad about Fulham just because I keep seeing I keep flashing to the end of the season and thinking about missing out on Champions League or even Europa by three points or the six points we dropped in Newcastle or whatever. West Ham's good, though. You know, like, I can I can accept that. I can't accept losing to Fulham. But having said that, we're not going to do that. Uh, it was kind I of a joke. I did
2: though, as soon as the match finished on Saturday. I went to dead, Like, can you believe that Fulham was only last week?
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> can you
2: believe that we were Just... calling them for all sorts and everything and I was sat here, like, hugging oh, no. and dancing?
0: <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because everyone's happy right now. And my, look, my... My social media feed, which I will tell you that if you have TweetDeck like I do, and you can essentially sort your timeline uh, as well as your lists all in these, like, kind of uh, you know, um, columns, vertical columns, um, you really get a sense of the reaction in real time because when I'm doing post-match or even when I'm watching, you know, after final whistle, because the the stream's always delayed by like a minute here. And so I don't want to ever be looking. Sometimes I'll look at it and it'll say we scored and then I don't see it until a minute later and it ruins it. But, but in real time, just seeing the absolute heavyweight level of petty uh, over the last several days, I am I'm so pr- I'm so happy for everyone. <laughs> like I because really as much as I'm glad we won, um and I'm happy for the players, I'm happy for the club, I'm more happy for us. We're the ones who've suffered. <laughs> and yeah. getting to see getting to really see how how the hordes of just You know, giving shit to the to the copite crowd and the you know, unearthing tweets from however long ago and 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 finding (laughs) crying like finding people who are crying like. Finding their fan videos where they're crying, or the, the the my favorite my favorite moment, or my favorite thing that quote didn't happen this week was did the Anfield rap actually just completely not do a post match after that?
3: Well, it's it's up for debate because they said they did straight after the game. Okay. It certainly didn't go up anywhere on social media like it usually does. I mean, give me a fucking oh, break, the shite I mean, We've
2: had to talk about the shite exactly, we spoke the about of the series. Exactly. We've year, done last it on the year, back yeah. of a
3: defeat. Yes. After
2: that fucking FA Cup against loads of fucking four year olds last year. Yes, yeah, we, we spoke did a post match. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, we did a post match after every painful. Um,
2: you we know, have more spear pain to, to spear
0: to the groin game against those guys. I, I just couldn't believe the Now, I did see plenty. Like I you know, I saw a few that were highlighted on my social media of reds who were very much like look, uh they were going to win this eventually. Let they should ever, they have a right to celebrate cuz this game is important and and don't try to minimize it, but that was very much the minority. Most oh of it God, was see. Most of it was I, like if there's a theme to this, you know how like title teams will have like um at least on the road to the title, they'll talk about the 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 theme for that year, like uh, you know, this year uh, f- you know, finish the job or you know, you know uh, never give it like th- this they they always have this theme of of how they're known for, uh, you this know what they're known more. for. this means <laughs> this oh, this means more. Means more. <laughs> Uh, solo, solo, solo El Mejor or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I, I, let me, and I say this, like, let's just say I wasn't even an Everton supporter. Um, just watching from the outside, the theme for Liverpool this season has been, it, what excuse can we use this week as to why we can't succeed? They look. I've never seen a side that has gone from winning the title to... It's one thing to just like have injuries the next season after winning a title and struggle and say, hey, it's just a challenging season. It's tough, but we're, you know, we're going to... We, no excuses. Because normally in sport, you hear athletes and coaches come out and say, hey, uh, they're, they're, the reason there are these cliched terms like next man up and, and what have you, because the idea is that you can acknowledge in a, in, in, that there are injury issues. But... I'm sorry, when you're talking about, I don't know, losing a player in game two or, like, game three of a season, months and months pass by, and you're still not only harping on that, but feeding it. Like, they feed that grudge to the point where if the – I don't know that they – I don't know that the manager is giving them much else to to really – Feed on other than their own kind of resentment that if that's all you've got to motivate you that's not enough but I, I don't want to focus too much on them because their fans take on that they, they take all their cues from the manager's victimhood and what have you um the bottom line though is is that uh and we'll get to this we'll get to Luca Dean and maybe the stadium here in a second but the bottom line is, is that we talked extensively about all these imaginary scenarios, Les, about how, you know, we're going to, ha- when we eventually do win this game someday, you know, if it ever happens. And by the way, I don't even just mean the one at Anfield. I would have taken any win at Goodison, wherever. But, but you know, to win in the league, to win at Anfield is huge. But we talked all the time about what it was going to take. And I think we all, I think a lot of us probably in the gallows humor sort of way, Les thought of it as, well, the the game that's gonna break this streak is gonna be some silly bounce off someone's ass in the final 90, you know, in the in stoppage time and some freak occurrence or whatever. but but it couldn't have been more different. If anything, if you didn't know about the context of this game, uh, of this fixture of the complete, uh, you know, ineptitude of Everton against Liverpool in the last, uh, you know, twenty-two years in Anfield, I could have shown you that game, and you would have just said, "Well, that's a pretty standard 2 0 two-nil game, and the better side won." And, and it wasn't. It was. It it, it was 2 0 but it wasn't really that close, if that makes sense. And it doesn't mean that we dominated. But we scored a goal and we just played smart the rest of the way. And then we got a second goal. And we just played smart after that. We weren't really... I'm not saying Liverpool didn't have a chance here or there. And obviously the Pickford save on, on Jordan Henderson was amazing. But but look, we, not only did we win that game, we deserved to win that game. And it wasn't really close. And I, I think that that's probably the thing I'm most impressed by and encouraged by as if we if we're trying to analyze what this quote means moving forward and i'm i'm certainly one of those who is very hesitant to try to extrapolate giant meeting for everything moving forward based on one result like this does not change my mind about jordan pickford long term even though he was great the other day but i will tell you that but if there is something to be gleaned from it is that Everton didn't have to luck their way into finally breaking the streak. They broke the streak by by actually just going out and taking it, and that was what was most encouraging. Les, what were your what were your thoughts on on what do you make of of just kind of the the game uh, the the result in general, and and maybe how different
3: it ended up being than than we thought it was going to be? Well, I don't think anyone was expecting a routine two 0 win, which is essentially. What we got, I think that was probably the result we were expecting against Fulham and the controlled performance we were expecting against Fulham. Um, so, to, so after that and after you know the, the plucky defeat against Man City, I don't think anyone was expecting a win really. Let lot even though I did say we got a scruffy one nil win, that was more out of hope rather than expectation. So, to get a, like a sort of a performance like that where we did control the game from start to finish, you know, we let them have the ball. They did have the good moments, but they got good players, so they're gonna do that. Um, so the way we controlled the game to get the win in the way we did everything Ancelotti did on the night, substitutions, starting formation, uh, everything everything went to plan, you you got the feeling that he sort of looked at that game and thought right this is how this is going to play out and it did perfectly but it sort of got me thinking about that performance and the fact that Ancelotti did such a good job against the champions and still one of the best teams in the country, they've still I think up until that point, they still have the second best home record in the league, even though they've lost some shockers this year. Um, it just made me think, so it seems Ancelotti can, can set up against these teams, these good teams, and he knows how to beat them. It's when you get teams at the bottom like Fulham and Newcastle. Yeah. I make no mistake, no matter how much we don't want it to happen, those Newcastle results will bite us on the arse somehow. Yeah. Season. They they, are, they Six points affect your league position. No matter what, so they will count to something. But having said that, it's I just wonder if in past managerial jobs he's had, have his players been so good that he can just say to them against teams who are in at the bottom of the league because he's always been up the top end, can he just say to them like this is the game plan, go and do it? And even if he gets it wrong, they kind of contrive to get it right. Whereas yeah. Disney's in at Everton is if he gives them those instructions, they are good enough to, to sort of step out of that realm and get it right it's it's been it's been a really weird week in that in that regard as you say you know you're, you're still harboring sorts of grief about the Fulham game um, I have I have drunk myself out of that game completely um, <laughs> having done these Derby celebrations that I, I'd completely forgotten about that game until tonight but it, it does make you think it's, it's really odd isn't it it's a, it's a dead mad thing that we can't get those games right particularly at home you know where we have like a had like a sixty odd year agreement with Fun there, where we beat them away, they beat, beat us at home. We balls that up a couple of years ago by beating them at Craven Cottage. But there you go. Um, it just it just seems really odd. Hannah, did you want to say something about the uh, the myopic Liverpool fans just before? No. Yeah. <laughs> before that goes, has, cause you, you you put your hand over those.
2: I had my four favourite excuses that I've seen so far this week. Okay. So. The fair so obviously it's the wind, so it was life threatening, apparently. That was number the one. Wind. Yes. Then my favourite yes. that I've seen, so it was in our chat today, that I just absolutely loves was the fact that we had the ref playing for us as well. I think that was my favourite one where someone screenshot and obviously he signals to the linesman, make sure as a on. Keep your eye on him. And pointed. That's, that's, yeah. Keep your eye yeah. on him when when Don was oh, I don't know if it was Rich, actually, one of the two was Breaking a gut to get down there. Apparently we had the ref playing for us then. So that's another favourite one. And then also, just my final one, is it's because Sky have said that City have to win this year. And that's why he only looked at the screen for three seconds because he was getting told down his ear. that's what, yeah, it has to be this way because City have to win this year. They're my favourites yeah. of the week. Just wanted to well, set up there. Well, Hannah, to
0: address, <laughs> a, to address a few of those points, um, I think there's... There's some, there's something fair there, um, because, you know, Liverpool don't really get decisions from the referees, and uh, no, never. You know, they, they, never. They,
2: last season in the last. Bit I of mean, the
0: game. if anything, no one's had it harder uh, against than Liverpool. Against them than than no. Liverpool. Um, <laughs> uh, the wind is. I it's don't like know the cold feet, there,
2: isn't it? It's like absolutely cold life, feet life, against City. They yeah, had cold life, feet and win now. So God knows what that means.
0: Life-threatening wind is really falls into one of three categories: tornado, (laughs) hurricane, and guy on on a construction site for a skyscraper. Um, (laughs) That to me is that's life-threatening wind. Um, What was the uh, the the, the, what was the other one? The ref Um,
2: apparently was playing for us. No,
0: not the ref. It was the ref, (laughs) the wind, and what was the third one?
2: What else did I say? I don't know. Can you remember <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can't remember. up a lot It was the cold um, through the week against Man City, wasn't it?
2: That was Alison's cold feast,
3: yeah. which is yeah. brilliant.
2: It was Roy Keane's just, reaction to that. I've watched that so many times because he was literally appalled.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the Sky thing. I want to revisit this. Oh, yeah. S- sky okay. want City to... Okay. Now... <laughs> In fairness, there's barely anyone who ever played for Liverpool in the national football media, so I guess that could be true. Uh, I mean, they have zero representation there, uh, and everyone knows that it's just full of city players. I mean, that's uh, that's that's all there is. Uh, now, I, I will say too that the idea that Sky, like, look, I I think that the conspiratorial stuff is really always pretty funny um i think that sky is most interested or any network who has is a rights holder for these things for for these competitions they're concerned what they want most is a competitive title race so the idea that they want city to run away with it and be done like because let's be honest uh, like liverpool's title win last season outside of their fan base is one of the least consequential most boring title like you know they were they were really great I'll grant you that but the league was probably in many ways at its lowest point in terms of competitiveness at the top of the table um now you can say that I'm I'm taking away from their win but whatever I mean the bottom line is is that the, the idea that they then want, Sky then wants to, a repeat of that where City or look like they're going to run away with it. I mean, no one really wants that. Um, what I think is great about this season, we talked about it several times, is that beyond what City are doing right now, the competitive landscape at the top half of the table right now is incredibly interesting because the
2: most interesting has been in years yeah it's and so it's not just good. because
0: Everton are in it but West Everton ha? are in it West Ham are West genuinely in it Leicester are genuinely in it it's brilliant um, if che- Chelsea's having a bit of a resurgence they're going to get back in it Arsenal, the less said about, the better. But you see my general point. There's really just a lot more intrigue at the top. Uh, Aston Villa is is in it in terms of, of getting a top five. Uh, top four, five, six spot. Five. I mean, that's all I've ever really wanted from this league. We're getting it, and so this notion that that somehow that Sky wants City. I I've always found that kind of that kind of stuff really that conspiratorial stuff really funny, especially when you've literally just won the league, the title before. Like the, the, acting like you're really being hard done by when it's been a whole ten month. You know, like
3: what ten
0: months since you won something? I mean, give me a break. It's a
3: really, really mad one for me. Is We've had three penalties at Anfield in eighty years. Yeah, two <laughs> of them in the last. One was Saturday. One was what two two years ago. Yeah, the one all the one before that I think was nineteen eighty seven, and then wow. we hadn't had one for, since before the third, before the Second World War. So eighty years we've had three penalties, and they still moan like shit about the last two. It's yeah. absolutely unbelievable.
1: In a tiny apartment in Southern California. Two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters, and now everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best selling, innovatively made ceramic watches are on sale too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank, but looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com.
0: That's MVMT.com. Yeah,
2: and it was a. Re, it should have been a Rez on Saturday too. Just it should have
0: been. I just, I feel like we're going to be litigating all of our beefs for a while. Yeah, and and let's. We might as well. We're we've we've won finally, and so I feel like since we don't play them again until next season, that it really is all about us just squeezing as much petty out of this yeah. as possible. Uh, let's I, go ahead. You oh.
2: I, I was just no, gonna no. say. I've already said, like, my, like, you know, taking the big things. I just want to say, for me, the most interesting thing that I've seen in the past couple of days was actually Carragher's analysis of Anshaklossi. Ancelotti, Ancelotti, Ancelotti. Have I been on the wine all week with Les? I've,
0: <laughs> I've been eating too much fatty food and I have a blood Ancelotti.
2: <laughs> Name of the episode is Ancelotti. <laughs> What's it called? So, no, it was on Monday Night Football and he broke down basically the masterclass of um, Coleman, and Markham Robinson and Holgate with Mane and then where they switch into the back five to, and it's just brilliant and the way that Carragher's broke it down even I was fascinated watching it because obviously he saw something past what the adrenaline the excitement that we were in that minute and he went as far to say that Angelotti was the man of the match basically because of the way he <laughs> oh, set that I up <laughs> <laughs> no and I was just thinking you know what like that's the best summary that I've had from a non-blue and it was quite refreshing to hear it from Carragher as well but for me that's just been a really nice thing to go back on this week because it's okay all right it wasn't the most we weren't at our absolute oh my god the best that we've been all season but it just shown how well we actually did play and the roles that Coleman and Holgate and Holgate like it's been not at his best for a couple of weeks now right. he's been walking around chipping a chibi looking dead arrogant he was back to like peak himself and when you look when it's broken down the way that he my Mark Mané it's such a really nice warm fuzzy thing to watch because it just shows the improvements and yeah. like what Ancelotti did so that's just my little thing if anyone hasn't seen it to see yeah. it because it's brilliance.
0: That brings up a a random aside, which is that uh, a ton of people tweeted out that character analysis and... There's nothing more frustrating for American Blues than to press play on that oh, only man. to get the error message that uh, says this content is not available. Really. Because before, God yes. knows if we if we were able to hear the analysis of Stephen Carragher that it would cause a giant trade but, war between these countries. But it you, tweeted certain,
2: you tweeted something last night and I went to click on it and it weren't available in my country. So it goes that was both the ways. It was the
0: No, I'm sure it does. Like, some of those rights restrictions yeah. are insane. I get that you may be... I get that the Premier League... Might might say like we want to protect these clips or whatever but if you're just doing if it's a clip of an analysis like a post-game show or whatever like give me a fucking break i mean i i i I'm just trying to watch this this narrative moment that all everyone's talking about right now. And I think the one I tweeted, by the way, Hannah, I think I tweeted that Benteke goal that uh, that he scored for Palace in that ridiculous smash and grab game the other night against uh, Brighton. Uh, and I purposely looked for the the NBC Sports account so that I could actually see the goal and that other Americans <laughs> could, because I knew that everyone over there was already seeing it. And if I picked the, a Sky one, then, you know, what was the point like it's just it some of those those rights restriction things are insane but there's, anyway
2: just um, another really interesting thing that he said on Monday Night Football then if you okay. haven't seen the clips no, is yeah, that there for was it. no excuse for, um when it was saying using the injury cards because 10 of that are starting lineup with Champions League winning players mm-hmm. and I just thought that was a, what a sentence it's a mic drop well, moment nothing else on, to be said.
3: there was I, there was a flip side to that I was listening to uh Totally football. I think it may have been the, the Guardian football podcast. Yeah. And uh, one of the journalists... That
0: one's hit or miss. I like it, all right, but it can be hit or miss.
3: Yeah, I think. but one of the... I think it was Alison Rudd, I think, was on that. And uh, she was definitely nailing her colours to Liverpool's mast because uh, she was sort of... She, was in, she had massive sympathy with Jürgen Klopp, even to the point where she was saying... Do you know, maybe it has been a mistake that he's played. Uh, he's played his midfielders in defence this season, uh, but you know, who am I to say he's a great manager? He makes these decisions, and no one knows until it blows up in your face. It's like, hang on a minute, no, it, it's basic football 101. If you've got a weak defence, don't fear the weak in your midfield as well. You have your strong midfield, and then you patch up your defence how much you can. But that was a that was a thing on clock. Well,
0: Les, isn't an issue of just bodies? I mean, do they even have centre centre halves? Other well, than the yeah, guys that brought in? I mean, Could be, guy. yeah. Yeah. But she
3: was she was drawn on Ancelotti and and his, uh, his his sort of master plan as Carragher sort of pointed out. You know, Ancelotti totally dominated that game with everything he went right, um, and she was like, you know, was it was it really that or Liverpool just not that good? You know, and she and she literally said, I don't think Carlo Ancelotti's all that.
2: And <gasps> it's
0: like,
3: are, you, are, you, are you kidding me? He is one I don't of
0: think the anyone can.
3: Greatest managers in the game. And I mean, he's I one more he... than
0: anyone. Like, I don't know how you have to. You know yeah. I mean, does she mean like he's not any good anymore? Or?
3: Well, this is this is this is the thing. Real
2: that Madrid, really Bayern Munich, PSG, Chelsea. There
3: are some of them that are absolutely <laughs> incapable, like physically incapable of giving us any credit. When we get yeah. to the derby, we will come out and say, "Do you know what? You battered us there. We we were terrible, and you it us." Every time we'll say it, we'll call it like it is. For some reason, they got this really sort of twisted section of the fan base which extends into the media of which not work for Sky obviously Rob um, <laughs> who just who just cannot physically bring themselves to give us any credit
2: I've always said this and I don't know if it's sort of a case that because we've dealt with it for so long we're so much more gracious in defeat and I've always thought that I, I it, it's crazy a lot that of we're it's actually exactly, yeah. <laughs> and just, it probably is that but it's just that thing that like oh we're the bitter ones blah 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 like, the
3: gas, gaslighting. what
2: I've seen like I know we've been given like there's been some hilarious stuff from our own fans giving it back this week just being complete winds ups which when people are saying such ludicrous shouts you've got to be but like a lot of the shit that like they've said and after games as well after the city game, after fucking wanting to go to the European course about Pigfers and all that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it really puts things into perspective. It's like this weird, like we've we look at everything, we can't be in this situation, so we will just shout in your face until you don't say that this happens. Like, that's what I get from it, even though it happens. And it's yeah. like, they're trying to convince you it didn't because, but look at all this other fancy stuff that we've done. We can't, well, do you know what I mean? There's definitely yeah, well, it's,
3: it's a cross between a cult and a playground, bully. it's, a, it's <laughs> a strange dynamic they've yeah. got going on.
0: Well, and I, look, I think some, I, I think that there are some... Fan bases um, who get so—I mean, maybe "spoiled" the right word. I mean, you get to a point where you just don't lose much. You're not accustomed to learning how to process defeat, uh, which is important. Uh, now, that's not meant to say that boy, you're really virtuous if you lose, do nothing but lose. I mean, I think mean, that that's just a soul-crushing sort of thing as a <laughs> fan. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have something to to hold on to and to believe in, but i I also think too, that when you there are certain fan bases also that have a fair number of you can call them bandwagoners, hangers on, whatever, people who, became fans of a of of a team or a club as soon as they got good um, and therefore have had no need to uh, to to be well versed in the art of of taking a defeat with any kind of dignity or what have you. Um, I, I think that I think that there are so many just bandwagon uh, casual Liverpool fans who couldn't find Liverpool on a map uh, who, Li- yeah, and again, I, I I'm I'm always careful because there's this weird there's this weird undercurrent of, of uh, that that exists where a lot of our fans will give them shit about their quote foreign fans, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because I'm a foreign <laughs> fan of of Everton, but I think that 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 what the real charge there is is that these are these are very bandwagon fans and as soon as the side hits any real struggle they won't be around to 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 be there and care you know i mean it's like i think
2: you saw that a lot with united over the fan, years yeah, as well united yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah.
3: And Chelsea, absolutely, absolutely yeah but this is this, yeah well, I mean, this, this is the thing that's always confused me so um i i, I didn't have a choice in supporting heaven that was just yeah. on a beat and i kind of think well if i did have the choice why would the bother supporting them? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you support someone
0: who's going to bring you? I've been asked this question so many times. Trophies, <laughs> yeah. But then,
3: but then again, if I look at the teams who I sort of follow in other countries, and a lot, some of them are because I've been there. To, yeah. In, in Germany, even though it, it's associated with Klopp, I will now look, follow Mainz, for example, because we went over there the other summer and had a great time.
0: Yeah, John Philippe Gubanin, I guess.
3: Yeah. <laughs> who's that? Um, <laughs> but then from Italy, I, I, I like I like I follow Fiorentina. In Italy, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not going to bring me any joy. That's all. They're, they're almost <laughs> down to Serie B. In the um, See, I
2: had a different thing with that.
3: In Spain, Espanol, who, who basically, that is the that is the ultimate torture club of the last 20 years. I mean, they've you, know, you know, they, they got that lesson that we nearly learned the hard way. They moved out of the city like just away, just from Barcelona. They moved just outside the city limits to a yeah. ground, which is a really nice ground. It's basically on a retail park it's out the city. I know the city is just all Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. Yeah, you know as good as that team's been in the last twenty years, they've had to live with that, and then they've suffered the ultimate ignominy of getting relegated by a Luis Suarez goal for Barcelona yeah. against the Spaniards. So, but you know, I will, I'll I'll follow them, and I don't know if I've just got this masochistic streak in me whereby I don't want any, I don't want any of the success. This isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to follow some sort of underdog team you may do okay every now and then. It's See, it's yeah.
2: when I was little. Um, so um, I because I was a daddy's girl, I was just like, no, I'm going to be the odds out in the family and be the blue. And then I remember in um, 2005 um obviously yeah, the whole city was going mental in school they were making trying to make everyone make liverpool flags for the parades and all stuff like this and i remember my dad being like to me like because he didn't want me being like the kid like missing out and going to the parades and like going with my mother and sister and that he's like you can't support liverpool if you want because it'll be like this more and i was like no
0: it's fine. Yeah, I basically. want to stick with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and look from an outsider's perspective too, and and I and I will tie this a bit to the game itself that we're talking about. Um, you know, there's there's this. Uh, I, I I get. I've always gotten, and I think I, it becomes even more a reality to me over these last few years as I've gotten closer and, and b- built relationships with people, uh, over there. And, uh, you know, obviously been, been over three times now. Um, but I always know that as much as I am one of you, that I'm not, I'm ne- I can never fully be, it's never fully the same unless you're living there or from there. I, and, oh, Rob, and, and I don't you mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know. No, no, I'm not saying this in a bad way. But what, I, what I'm saying though, too, is that I think that sometimes the dynamics of why uh, someone supports a, a, a club uh, from afar, why they continue to support one, even when it's not easy to or convenient to, you know, there are a lot of layers to that, um, you know, for for like Les said and, and, and Hannah to, you know, you, you had a choice, but really, you know, you, it's still a family thing. I, I think that, that there is something that is so ingrained in you that you have, you at some point had to make a decision and truly live with the consequences of it each day, which is, which is part of why I'm so, why I kept saying on post-match, I'm so happy for you guys. And I include myself, and like I'm happy for me as an Evertonian, uh, but I'm I'm really happy for you guys because this is so part of your soul, part of your blood, part it's of your everyday history. life as well. It's everyday life, and you have to live like there. It's like that uh, little short video that um, I think the Everton Art we account posts every once in a while, where they de- did that interview where they were. At, I think it was before one of the derbies and that guy was like, the guy was talking about. Uh, he's like. You know, I have to work with cop outs oh, You don't know yeah. what it's like. You know, yeah. they're, they're the worst. You know, like <laughs> like I don't I don't have to bear any of the, the of that. Like because I can suffer in silence when we lose, and no one here gives a shit. And so it, it just it, it's a really different experience. But I'm so happy for for you guys in that regard. Um, but I I think too that that in seeing this in, in seeing Everson finally do it it really does inform me as to why I've kept following this club for so long, because the answer is certainly not the, 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 product on the pitch over the last 16 years. I mean, it there've been like a handful of pretty semi decent non-trophy winning seasons in there, but other than that, it's just kind of a game to game wild ride kind of a yeah. thing. The reason, unless you've heard me say this before and I'm not trying to be repeat myself too much, but the reason I am so emotionally invested in Everton, beyond Yerry Mina, believe it or not, <laughs> is is you guys you my friends the people that i like and care about love this thing and they've invited me in to be part of this thing i just wondered am i ever going to get that get to have to share that feeling of beating those fuckers ever (laughs) and to do it i think that's why it's just been a like i almost feel like I would be enjoying this even more if I could have been there with you guys like and I was on some Zoom calls and we were all drinking and having fun. But like being there when it finally happened must have been a spectacular feeling. Even in this, even in this lockdown environment, it'll it, be pretty cool. It
2: was, but it was that sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, imagine that. being at the game. Imagine even being I mean, together. Imagine being it, in a boozer together, just anything. Yeah. It yeah. would yeah. have just been so special.
3: Although, was I'm so it happy I was with my dad,
2: though.
3: Oh, yeah, me too. So me me, me, my dad and the kids all watched it. All yeah, right. I
2: watched it with my dad, and I'm so happy. The kids have never there, seen us. That.
3: The kids don't remember us beating them at all, ever.
2: Oh, well, Uh-oh. I've obviously got um Ben Goodison, but I'm 22. Yeah. like yeah. So we've said it was a curse in our family, so we haven't done it in 22 years. My cousin, who's a massive blue, he just had a little lad, and he's like, it took him six weeks to see this and took you 22. <laughs> you must have been the curse, and he's broke it. Okay.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah, but that, that's the thing. The, the fact that it was a way around field, so some of us would have got tickets for it to go. Um, but I, th- I think with it being half five Saturday night, I would imagine that most of us would have met up somewhere in town, all things being. Oh, sure. We would have met up in town to watch it. Um, and that that was that did take away a little bit. I think we made the most of it, to be honest, and we're still making the most of it. But I think that did take away a little bit. But just yeah. just to your point before, Rob, about, um, about why, why we're sort of in all this, the general existence for most football fans and you're talking probably 99% of football fans around the world is their team doesn't win anything. Their team does not win a yeah. It doesn't happen. There's, no, yeah. there's only a finite number of trophies and there's way more teams competing for each trophy sure. than I think can ever possibly win it. Um, so you do live for those moments. You know, you do live for like the, the Chelsea Cup game when Lukaku scores and we beat them. Oh, them out. yeah. You know, you, you do, they, they come few and far between with us because you know, Routine wins against <laughs> Fulham were the first team to bring to mind. Sorry, just to bring to mind. <laughs> when, you, when you do beat Fulham... Palace, just say uh, Palace. Yeah, to Palace. When you, when you beat the team you expect to win, it's not the same, it doesn't feel the same. It's good, and you go home happy, and your weekend saved and everything is brilliant. But these moments when you get these special wins, I never want to wait 22 years before we win there again, ever. Yeah. But the fact that we have waited that long, and we have been through some of the shittest Derby experiences ever in the last five years alone... I'm gonna say um, mm-hmm. the worst ever to have gone through them and then to have this tonight. It, so tonight, on Saturday night, you
2: have been on the wine all week, haven't you? I have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what
3: it is. Um, that that's what made it really, really special. So I mean, even as crushing as last year's FA Cup defeat was, and as that was. Possibly be worse
0: day support on ever. Yeah. because yeah. because it felt
3: embarrassing.
0: It was I mean, embarrassing. I think that's yeah,
2: I, yeah. You had no Even justification that had for that. One. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You couldn't justify what happened last year. We all just had to accept yeah. that that was the bottom of the barrel of how you can be beaten the dog. Well, so for this to happen,
0: yeah, yeah. And let me let me point out too that the double humility of that is that. They won as the underdogs, even though they haven't, beaten, they haven't <laughs> lost to us in forever. But yet they managed to also beat us as underdogs in a game, which just made me insane. But yes, go, yeah, yeah go, go on. <laughs> Sorry, but, no,
3: but that's 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 just my point. That's why, yeah, I I will. You can never begrudge a football fan to celebrate a win. Like Absolutely
0: not. Um, if it, well, yeah, if this if it is means
3: the- if it means that much to you, it means that much to you. Go for yeah. it. That's what we're and
2: This is what's been so annoying. So on Twitter this week, everyone's saying, Oh, you're celebrating like you've won the Premier League these are the moments that you savour as a football fan we can't go to the game and enjoy it we can't all be together getting pissed and being all out on enjoyer. so let us be online having a laugh <laughs> and a joke all week that's simply all we're asking and then and the a- other thing as well which really pissed me off so we're very lucky I think that who runs our social media a scouts and they give us the content that we can all buzz off they don't act like a robot like across yeah. the park do well, so that's what the, act, we, the that they you- it used to be our
0: social before. media by the way it
2: did, yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah of course but now it's not and like the Richarlison Spongebob picture the Tom amazing. Davies video all this stuff they've been enjoying it with us and you get all everyone saying oh acting like you won the league and all that we're literally at the bare minimum of celebrating we're sat on our phones on Twitter having a <laughs> laugh about something at least yeah. let us have that as fans who've been waiting so long yeah. for something do you know what I mean and it was the same after the Spurs game I feel like it's quite weird because i feel like two really exciting like historical moments for our club in recent like years well. very cool. yeah and even like the, if you want to put the united game as well like these have happened in quick succession so it seems like okay may, uh, maybe at the moment we're all coming in we're all getting ahead of ourselves and that but it's because these things have happened and far between these kinds uh, of events don't happen for years typically for us for them to come in the space of six weeks but then i think people need to remember we're literally celebrating on social media it's not like we're arms pure with the flares and everything do you know what i mean so that's just something that's i've been like this week like Musos then, just let us enjoy it. Literally, sat on Swiss at our home. I,
3: I also think, as well, if people think this is what we'll be like when, they, when we celebrate winning the league, oh, so oh.
2: <laughs>
3: seen nothing yet.
2: That'll <laughs> oh. be rough.
3: We win that FA Cup this year,
2: oh, uh, mate, and we'll, all we'll be free as well. We'll be able to go out. Exactly. So, tell you what, we'll I, be able
0: to. I'm just going to say one more time, uh, something I I think I've probably said some variation of this over the last year or so, but look, the world is a really difficult place to be in right now for a lot of us. Um, you know, if you're, if you feel the need to tell a stranger who you're never going to meet, that they should not be happy about something, you need to really look in the mirror and ask yourself, is this 100%. really important for me to do? You know, like, is this... You know, they, if they're not attacking you, uh, they're not, you know, like, just just let it go. Like, what I compel- mean, especially you when you have that? had... When, when you look at the pie chart of victories or the pie chart of whatever... When you have ninety nine percent of it, don't don't begrudge the the side that gets one percent of uh, that one percent exception every once in a while. Um, and granted, it shouldn't be that small, but it has been, and and so it's it's one of those things where we hope that this is a harbinger for for better results. But do you but, know what else I do Those get. people have just got to relax a little. What
2: bit. What compels somebody to comment on a football team's official accounts? Like, I, I, like, there's a lot of. I've got, teams.
3: I've got Liverpool like, blocks. I don't, want, I don't want to get pushed in my I, like, timeline.
2: There's a lot of well, players. Well, but I in like fairness, something. Hannah.
0: In fairness, Hannah. Once the, once the official account starts acting like. And, and again, I love it, but starts acting like a human being instead of just a news bot, like what the Everton account used to be, which just mm-hmm. never said anything. Yeah. Then you're going to, the whole point is to get engagement, right? Yeah, the whole sure. point is to get responses. And by the way, that, even the, on the Everton account,
2: ed- I mean as well, I would yeah. never take time out of my day, for example, to go and comment something on Mo Salah's tweets. I would never find the time in my life to feel compelled to go and do that. So I just find Not not even
0: not even Fabian Delph.
2: Oh fucking hell. He (laughs) starts asking me for the straightener, wouldn't he? He'd be offering (laughs) meows.
0: Hey, I I, I wanna I wanna do a few quick hit items just because I know that I got I could we could do this for hours, but, um, (laughs) I I do a few things that, that have come up. Uh, I'm going to, we'll get to Luca Dean here next, but, um, a lot of people have been talking about the interview with, um, Rio Ferdinand and Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate. Now everyone, I see a lot of people talked about how great it is. Now I, I watched about five minutes of it guys, and I couldn't, Keep going, and maybe this is just a me thing. This is not really anything about Ben Godfrey or Mason Holgate, but one, I don't think Rio Ferdinand is a particularly engaging interviewer. Betty own
2: voice as well.
0: He talks like this, very. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was it like to be an Anfield? <laughs> and win that game. Must have been huge for you. Um, please forgive. That was so bad. Forgive, that was real, Rob. Exi- please forgive that culturally insensitive impression <laughs> of mine. Um, but but I just, I, c- I couldn't take his voice. But I think what I hated even more was the two guys on screen with him who contributed nothing from the first like 10 minutes that I watched, I was like, what are they even doing here? And the, the one of the guys forgot Mason Holgate's name. And he started asking him a question. He's like... Um, um um Holgate you know it's like you had to think of it he couldn't he just totally forgot the guy's name and I'm like okay like I needed that to just be Rio Ferdinand and those two guys I didn't need those other two clowns on there but maybe they contributed something more meaningful later but it felt very like uh uh but uh, everyone says that it's good content and I need to I need to go back and actually watch it but though I feel like maybe I would enjoy reading it more than I would watching it I'm <laughs> yeah, not totally I'm am-
3: sure I only watched about the first five minutes myself. Uh, Same, yeah. Not for any particular reason that it did me in. I just—it it was dry. <laughs> it just felt a little I dry. Meaning to go back to it. Yeah. But I think I think the bit I did watch it—it was very telling in as much as how much Mason Holgate hates the Reds. Yeah. It was hilarious, is it? He
2: slept in his shirt, didn't
3: he? I, <laughs> <saw> <laughs> that. I, saw <laughs> I mean, he does look like a lad who likes to get on nail, doesn't he, to be honest. It yeah. was
2: Manny's face, you know, when he was fuming, when he got booked and you just see Holgate laughing, dead lads, and his face chewing is chewy.
3: <laughs> yeah, just, just just one thing on Manny, and it's something Mike put in the uh, the group the other day, is his hair growing back? It does look like it is. Did he... I will say that without any
0: comments. I couldn't really tell if he, like... About anything else? He had the high line for... Like, he had the high receding hairline on purpose,
3: or... Uh, Well, uh, there's a picture of of him at Red Bull, and he looks like... it's His fart now looks like it's about 1993, not 1984. Um, So, I don't know. It could be growing back. That's just an aside. That's just an aside, anyway. I just feel like,
0: you know, I feel like the really fit, uh you know, African footballer looks so awesome with a bald head. Like, I don't know why they, like, I just, I feel like Mane, I always thought Mane looked like a cool dude. I never really thought about him as a, you know, I, I noticed that he has a high, fo- yeah, he just like, I don't know. It's like maybe it's just growing up uh, watching, um, you know, watching sports here that have majority, you know, here, African-American athletes, many of whom just go straight bald anyway. They just they all look like badasses to me. So I never really like I never noticed Mane's just because the only thing I noticed about Mane's is that I always thought that he had almost an artificially high uh, line up there. Like and I couldn't tell if because this is I'm just being honest. I didn't know because Sadio Mane is. Where is he from? Is he Ivory Coast? Where is he from? I forget.
3: I'm not sure. i can't remember.
0: Oh God, I should know that. Is he? He's what? Is he Ghanaian? Ghanaian. Boy, this is. I, I'm Googling Sadio Mane right now. I was just
2: about to as well.
0: Senegal. Senegal. I Senegal.
2: was gonna
0: yeah. say Senegal. So. Then you know, <laughs> the Senegalese. It. Well, see, what I thought was maybe that this that, that there could be a cultural significance to wearing his hair a certain way. I didn't really ever think he was. I, I never really thought about him being bald in a balding kind of way. I don't know. I've not like, noticed it as much. I have to see, send me pictures, Les. I want to see this compare. Is okay. it like Chintosin? Was he trying to
3: grow back see, a it, astroturf on his head? It's not far what? off. It's a bit like it, it, that, this you know, conversation Mom? that Reminds me. of him.
2: I was just going to no. say, this must just be, like, a thing that um, fellas pick up on. Because I never notice, notice Tosin's hair. I don't notice Manny's hair. I must just not... It must just be a fella w- women thing. Don't care. I mean, women don't care. don't
0: hair. This is not true all across the board, because I don't ever want to generalize too much, but... Women care like men care way more about their balding heads than most women
3: do. Yeah. I think when there's the, the when there's the risk that it can go and never come back, then that's when you start worrying about. Well. Yeah,
2: it's just like I don't, when people talk about like like that with players, I'm like shit. I didn't, the only person I think would notice if they started balding is Davies, and I think we could all yeah. hold our hands up okay. and say we that. But otherwise, I don't think I've ever been like. Oh, looks like he's losing his hair. So I'm just saying it must just be a thing that you guys pick up on. <laughs> uh,
3: I was just going to say, Robert. It, it, it reminds me, this conversation reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Elaine goes up with the guy who shaves his head, but he's not bull. Yeah,
0: right. Oh, and it pisses <laughs> off George so much because he is a, you know, that he felt like it was a cult, like it was insensitive and, uh, you know. It's uh, not a choice. Like- it's not a choice. That's right. It is not a choice. And people who would shave their head uh, just to, to get the bald look is is terrible. Um, okay, the other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, because I just think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention this, because this is all part of this, um, I think as Matt Jones called it earlier, this fever dream of an Everton week that we're going through. Um, Luca Dean finally signed his new contract. I Just a random observation, but... I. It, there's nothing funnier slash weirder than the ultra prolonged Everton contract announcement because I feel like we heard about Luca Dean is about to sign a new contract about three months ago yeah. and and now we're we're here it finally got done and I just I, it's always interesting whereas in a lot of sports you just don't hear about it until like it, it's about to happen and then it happens whereas with us it's like. Well, you know, we're Everton, so we're going to kind of drop some hints a few months before it happens and then we'll provide vague non-updates for a while and then it'll just kind of happen and we'll have a cool video or whatever. (laughs) Or in the case of Idrissa Gay, we're just going to sign him and not tell anyone at all for absolutely no reason whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, like, there were always these weird... The way that, that... I don't know if it's just how Premier League clubs do their business in terms of transparency, but I think it's weird. Anyway, it's great news. And as I... I think, I don't know how you guys would feel about this or if you agree. Les, I'll start with you on this first. But Luca Dean, when you look at his age and uh, his performance, uh, he's exactly the kind of player we would have probably expected to lose if Carlo Ancelotti wasn't the manager, isn't he? Yeah.
1: In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters, and now everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best selling, innovatively made ceramic watches are on sale too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank, but looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com.
3: I think so. I think um, I imagine when he came in. Everton was sort of seen as that little regressive step he needs to make to make that yeah. big step up. Um, you know, and you know, if that's if that's how we've got to sign players of that caliber, that's what we've got to do. And that was always a bit of a, a sort of a criticism of maybe not the club so much as the players that we could get, because it's like, well, you know, they're just taking a step back to try and take another step forward. Maybe the heart's not in it to play for us and stuff like that. But as you say, now that Ancelotti's there. Now we've been getting some of these good results this season. Now we've put together a decent cup run with a really good win in there. I know like, the next yeah. round is the big one. Right. Again, I think I I, think I said on the show with Matt on Monday night, I just said the fact that we've beaten Liverpool at Anfield now, that puts us in a much better position for the next City game. Uh, <laughs> in, the one we're in after right. a defeat against Fulham. Because we've... That sort of yeah. game. I think we feel very unbeatable. Oh, right
0: City, now, City outrageous. are completely... Uh, if they really want to... Yeah put everyone out to there be, for that to beat
3: city uh, we need them to have a bad day as well as us have a good day probably but but either way well yeah way. you know we're in a more specific but as you say with with these players now players like luca dean he's 27 now and he's signing until he'll be about what 31 yeah, so yep. perfect we're getting this the prime is, years of his career. exactly he's in his prime years and this is more or less his last big deal and yeah. committed and that sends out a huge signal when you've got players saying, Hamas Rodriguez, he wants to get off in the summer because he doesn't like the cold. He's not Alison Becker, is he? Come on. Um- <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how much I even yeah. believe. That oh, he was I, on the
2: Twitch, Twitch, Twitch the other night playing. Golf. Oh, he's saying Liverpool, is, yeah. blue? Liverpool is blue. I have many of yeah. I've
0: even watched many um, I like how you've turned Hamas Rodriguez into a weird kind of French hybrid <laughs> accent. There, but, you know. but I've, I've even been
3: watching that uh, that interview with him and don't come
2: he, for me after Rio Ferdinand.
3: Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Maria Fernanda, spot on, spot, on.
2: That's better than the last attempts.
3: Spot on. That's um, that's Indian Cookie wine,
0: He sounds like Cookie Monster with that voice. Is what he sounds like. He sounds like Cookie Monster. Am I wrong? Unless <laughs> you've got kids, you know Cookie Monster.
3: Cookie Monster is cookie okay. amazing. All
0: right. Well, okay. So, but here's my thing too: is that you're. I don't want to just make it about Carlo, but I also sort of think that. Everton are in that weird position like some clubs are where if you're just off the elite... You know, you're not exactly the club, the first club someone goes to, and you're not maybe the final destination, but you can sometimes get caught in that ugly middle where you, you know, you have clubs like Everton who want to get up to the elite, but aren't quite there. You really have to, you have to take flyers on players like Luca Dean, who let's be honest, when we signed him, everyone thought this is a really rock solid acquisition, but he's coming off a relative, you know, he's been at a few places. It's slightly Disappointing spell, maybe not disappointing, but he's he's not first select, first team selection. Uh, obviously, though, where you know he's playing at Barcelona. I mean, that's that's tough. But I think that that beyond just the manager itself, these players, even though yes, they are the ones playing and they play a huge role in the outcome of these games, they themselves kind of have to look at what is surrounding them. And it has to pass the eyeball test for them to say, you know, I've seen enough evidence and Hannah, I don't know how you feel about this too, but like, I think that this season, what's different as frustrated as I am about Fulham and Newcastle, what have you, um, the, if there is a step we can point to this season that I think feels different than even the, maybe the Marco Silva purple patch where, you know, in some late season games where not much was on the line, we beat some big sides. I think this season, you can look at it. We have beat sides of tremendous consequence home, you know, away, especially now, again, I know home and away means something completely different right now, but I think a player like Luca Dean looks at, 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 at Everton and says you know we've beaten Spurs twice uh, you know we've dispatched of Arsenal we've we've gone to Anfield and beat the like I think that someone like him I think you could say the same thing about how, how Hamas is going to feel about wanting to stick around longer or Richarlison to, to, to that degree or I know no one wants to think of it even you know there's going to be come a point where someone's going to come in for Calvert-Lewin someone's going to come in for you know like these, these are real things that will have been Godfrey yes so, so you have to be able to, even though they're the ones playing, you almost have to prove to your best players that they that they are part of something that has the potential to, to go further uh, or else they're not going to want to stick around. And so I know that that seems kind of obvious, but I think that's the big difference is that... Luca Dean came and it was every was a nice enough place to play, but I think he would have wanted to go if Carlo Ancelotti hadn't arrived and, and we hadn't started beating the better sides that we hadn't been able to beat before.
2: Yeah, I think even if you look on... How he interacts with the club and speaks of the club, I think you can sort of sense and feel that hunger in him, which has sort of intensified over the past 18 months. I'm not saying by any account that he was never outspoken for being like, in the fans and being part of the club, but I feel like with a lot of players that seems to really have intensified over the past 18 months and... I think of I, th- I think that's obvious on and off the pitch, definitely. But then I think another turning point for this him is what we're saying, like um in terms of getting him his prime years and that, he's now getting acknowledgements from the rest of the prem. And I think that's also a big thing for him. If why would you wanna maybe put yourself in a vulnerable position where you're not getting that anymore. He's going to be running off the buzz now that he's getting talked about, getting put on the FIFA team for the week and everything quite a few times this season. So I feel like now he's in a situation where it's like, it's sort of like a risky thing. He could have potentially have gone somewhere else and run the risk of giving this up, of having fans who are infatuated, yeah, working with a manager who's pushing that hunger and then also getting the credit that he didn't get for years and what he probably wouldn't get in bigger teams as well. So I think that's another thing. But for me today, it was... um just hearing of how he spoke about the club saying how he we welcomed him and his family and everything yeah. that's the main thing for me because all these players who are foreign players as well it's tapping into this and for me that's just the nicest thing because it's not like the pure getting told to say that you know what i mean if players would be getting told to say that they'd be teaching richarlison and people like that to say these things or getting records and pieces of them on camera to say these things when players are coming on and doing this bits, it's completely Genuine. So they, that's the thing that I saw today. And I was just sort of
0: like, oh. Um, Luca Dean, <laughs> Dean seems to have genuine affection for the club. And well, I, I've just I do quick- think I oh go
2: ahead I was just gonna say also you could see that as well because you know that picture he put up was it of the wolf or something after the match finished on Saturday and it was about setting the alarm off in the hotel but you didn't blah 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 it's that like genuine aggression and anger and everything do you know what I mean he didn't just put a picture up of them all on top of each other celebrating it was that proper like don't you fucking dare with us type of thing and I think I just really liked that as well because he made himself like one of us with that picture do you know what I mean
0: yeah no totally I I think that when you start to see players, um, I think there, there are always some very interesting indicators of a player's connection to a club. Um, I, I think social media has become one of those things that shows gives them the ability in a way that, frankly, and we've talked about this before, the club don't seem to ever want to allow their players to be interviewed by anyone but the club uh, or, or certain newspapers. And so a lot of times you won't see those little moments like you described there, Hannah, without uh, that, that social media platform that they use. And Luca Dean certainly does that um, really well. Um, I also think that there's there's something about um, players who really throw themselves into their communities, you know, like players who, um, you know, don't just do the requisite, you know, one or two trips to Alderhey, but also are, are just, you know, doing events all like. Like, you Tom. say what you want, but she- Seamus Coleman is part of every one of those. Tom Davis is part of every one of those. Yeri Mina is part and of Baines every one of those.
2: Baines as well still as Baines well.
0: has always been part of one of those. Like, the, there are certain players, and again, it's not to pick on any particular players, but there, there are certainly a core collection of these players that seem even more connected to their community in Liverpool than, than I, I feel like maybe I've seen as, as often in the past. Well, but- in
2: the piece he put up of Tom, Tom touched on that, didn't he? He said all these new signings, this is what the club sort of instills in them, that yeah. this community part of Everton Football Club is so important. And yeah. he sort of said that the club put an emphasis on that, two new players coming in, which is great because we that's the thing that we trailblazing.
0: Yeah, Marcel I think Marcel Brands is part of that too because I I my my belief is that Marcel Brands who very much positions himself as a culture builder a, a, a not just a director of football if you will like, like really embracing every level of the club attending games of the the little kids all the way through and 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 having a personal relationship with players families making them feel welcome but also kind of establishing the importance of engagement in the community like I think an interesting example of that and I, and I only picked this one just because um, I think it's interesting given the circumstances you guys remember when Luca Dean uh the summer luca i guess it was the summer luca Dean, yeri mina and andre gomez was signed you know um remember that first year yeri mina ended up missing a lot of games out to injury but yet he ended up winning like the the annual volu- like the community player of the year like the, whatever that Everton the sea thing was and i thought that's amazing you've literally taken a guy who didn't get to play as much this year um, who doesn't speak the language at that point and is still just kind of learning? I and mean, it's a, you know, I'll get into speaking English is very tough when and you don't to speak it, but <laughs> scouse, no <less. laughs> But but to have like and Mina is an example of that. But to to the, you know that didn't just happen magically. I mean, Yerimina is you know he's got a lot of charities back in Colombia as well. But I think it was just the notion that it seemed like Marcel Brands has really targeted players who. You know, everyone talks about high character, but generally, as it pertains to their ability to respond to adversity on the pitch. But I also think, frankly, look at Go- Andre Gomez. You know, you can say what you want about his performance, but he's been nothing but an an awesome citizen uh, in the community. Amazing. Gary Mina, Luca Dean has been part of it. Like all these guys that have been signed, that have been brought into the club. You know, Rich Charlison and Little Kid. So my God, it's, it's
2: unbelievable just, what he does, I, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like those things. Those things matter, and, and kind of circling. back... Back to the thing we were talking about before, guys. You know, I think Les said it best. It's only like one percent of the clubs in the world that win all these trophies. You know, we, now we we will win a trophy before I'm dead. Damn it, I, I'm convinced of it. Uh, <laughs> but but what I will what I will go to my grave loving about Everton is the the inherent valuation of humanity that is pervasive throughout the club at every single level. Even when we've been bad, mediocre, annoying as shit on the pitch, Everton in the city, <laughs> as well as every other kind of that core value of the club has been about service. We and- can't hear you. Oops, sorry, I hit the mute sorry, button. I, I got so excited. Just me I no, like, it was me I was like, shit, no, that's gone sorry. here to me. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say, like, I think that sometimes if you're there and again, this this whole discussion of being a quote outsider versus like, if, if you grow up here, you see professional athletes and organization, you know, professional sports teams do kind of the very camera friendly PR stuff, right? But the level of commitment Everton as a club have to serving humanity, guys, don't take that for granted. It's not that is not normal. Like, whatever way in which some clubs are elite at winning trophies, we are Everton are amongst the elite in the world at serving, and I think that that's a huge part of it. But anyway, back to Luca Dean, it's part of the kind of close that circle. He is part, he is a person who I think is also connected to Everton because of the time he came. He can't, his children have been born at while his children. Children have been born while he has been at Everton. Like a lot of the kind of formative years of his adulthood, growing up and being a husband and a father, and I think that that kind of stuff matters, you know, about where you kind of place roots and important milestones in your life. And so, seeing him commit to his prime years at Everton just thrills me to no end. I think he's the best left back in the league and one of the best in Europe. And 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 by the way, the the you know, when anyone asks, well, why stay at Everton and go somewhere else? I mean, look, he plays every week in the most televised. Uh, football league in the world. Uh, and now they're winning and they're on television a lot. You, why wouldn't you? Uh, I think it's a great move for, for both the player and the club. Uh, final thing guys. Um, this is what I want to end with. And I don't even know if I, you guys necessarily have anything to add to this, but I just feel the need to say this because I have so many of you on social media who uh, of all the thi- all, of all the bullshit that I talk about that you decide to engage me upon. The response to my watching Breaking Bad for the first time has been incredible. I've never I just want to. Oh my god! Well, don't get me started. Um, c- which I guess I am getting started. I'm not going to go through a whole synopsis, but basically, Breaking Bad is one of those quote peak television shows that everyone and your mother has told you a million times. You got wa- you got to watch Breaking Bad. You got to watch Breaking Bad. You
3: got to watch Breaking Bad.
0: Uh, or, <laughs> or or or. Yeah, <laughs> Or you got to watch Breaking Bad, mate. Um I know. I love I love my oh, cookies. Me like cookies and Breaking Bad. Um Man, real real I swear to god, you know, reaffirming to kick my ass. If, I'm not brave I'm enough to say this within it. thousands of miles. That's amazing. Okay, that's fine. Um, but no, I, my wife and I watched all five seasons or series, as you guys call it, in a little less than I think six days. I mean, we just it it hooked us. Well, see, my 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 wife, when she wants to, when she gets into something, she will she wants to watch it, and she doesn't really want to hear any of your bullshit as to why you want to watch anything else right now while we're watching this. Like she wants to go through and to be honest I I'm someone who normally will kind of take my time with this series but man Breaking Bad is five seasons but the actual time elapsed for the whole story is really only about for the most part about a year of in terms of real time and so every episode is just tense. It's tense, there's action, there are great actors, great characters, but it's ba- the premise of the show, Hannah, is about a guy who is a chemistry teacher in high school, not paid okay. very much money, finds out he gets cancer. Does he stop making mess? And, and decides at some through a series of, of things, wanting to, you know, at least ostensibly wanting to provide money for his family after he's died because he's been told he's gonna die within six months or whatever. Uh, he decides to start cooking meth uh, and he's really great at it and it turns from I'm gonna st- you know create this little nest egg for my family into uh, an ascent if you will or a descent depending on how you categorize it into becoming this crimi- this kind of diabolical criminal mastermind it's like the most ordinary guy who almost seems like you could he's you he almost you feel sorry for him you're rooting for him and then it changes and it just turns and boy it is a thrill ride of a show and I can't recommend watch? it enough.
2: It sounds like so, like people have said some years, and it genuinely sounds like the type of thing I would love. But I just don't know. I think it's like a mental block when too many people hype up something. I just can't be fucked. I, so have, it's I the am the same, same. The same with Game of Thrones, same. and I would I never watch that. Of course I. Was um, say, Breaking Bad I have with Game of Thrones. Yeah. What well, see, Hannah. It. What I, I, Hannah?
0: That the difference is is what what I'm going to say to you is a that I'm very similar, which is why I didn't watch Breaking Bad for all these years. Yeah. I mean, it ended in like it ended like eight years ago. But B, what I would challenge, what I would say is, um, get, watch watch don't commit to watching the whole thing just watch three episodes and if after three episodes you don't want to watch it anymore then fine i know people who've watched it and have been like uh, like mad men i know some people who watch mad men (laughs) and they're like ah three episodes i couldn't get into right but but you saw what sticking with it did right (laughs) yeah
2: and i watched that in two weeks so yeah and to be fair i do like all similar stuff so maybe i should stop
0: yeah. Well, I think <laughs> Les, we're gonna have to have our discussion of the top five shows of all time because I am just gonna throw this out here now. I know I know you people over there are very you, you treat Sopranos much like you treat, I don't know, boxing or I've never seen that either. Sh- or your your English breakfast or whatever you tea. Yeah, I've never
2: seen Sopranos.
0: Breaking Bad is better than Sopranos. It's not, it's not So is that your
2: favorite series you've ever watched? Or No. No. So Mad, is, Mad Men is Mad
0: Men is Matt okay, there's a difference, and I wanna I wanna articulate this, and Les, you understand this too, buddy, a little bit like there's a difference between the way you kind of categorize things as the quote best, mm. but then maybe what's your favorite. Does that make yeah, sense? Okay, like, yeah, no, I got that. Like, for instance, my maybe my, my favorite show in terms of like having an emotional attachment to, and part of it's because of when I was a teenager and all these other things. And everyone laughs at this, but it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it just always has been. I love that show. I think it has some of the best episodes of television ever written. But it was also made in a time when every season was like 22 episodes. Whereas now these shows have shortened to 13. Of course, now like Breaking Bad, the average season was 13 episodes. Whereas like... Now everything's like oh no six eight yeah. you know like yeah. barely anything no I get but but I will that. tell you that but my but in terms of what I consider to be the best uh, that I've ever watched Mad Men is my number one I think Breaking Bad's now my number two oh, right, I think Sopran- high. Sopranos is number three like I love Sopranos. So don't, this is not a shot at Sopranos. I just got more out of Breaking Bad than I think I... And I've watched Sopranos a few times, but I think it's just a... It, it edges it out because of the acting when performances watched, and, and those sorts of things.
3: When I watched Breaking Bad, so you've watched it in about six days. Me dad yeah. Me, me dad watched it within a week. Yeah. Just finished it. He watched it within about two weeks and he's now on series four of Back or Saul. So he's hammering the heart whole- uh, Yeah, we're, we're going to do that too. Um, but I, wa- I basically watched Breaking Bad in real time. So... I started watching it in 2010. My mate lent me the DVD of series oh. one. Then he borrowed, Then he lent me the, C, the series two DVD. Then it never came out in the UK at all. So we were watching series three on dodgy internet streams, which were like, oh wow, always buffering, that. dead blurry. So you know, I won't spoil anything for you. Do you know the car park scene with the twins and Hank?
0: That's my favorite episode of the whole. So season. stressful. We were watching it's, that, and it kept
3: freezing. On us. Almost <laughs> I almost painted. Like, it was so good. What's happening? What's going on? So we watched. We watched it all in real time, and yeah. it was it was a really strange way of watching it. Especially when you think now, everything just gets dropped at the same time. And right, it, the, the worst, most stressful thing ever with that series was halfway through series two, it broke for a year. Series five, it broke for a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was uh, so there's a cliffhanger the episode. Season five, yeah, because season five on your like on Netflix or whatever you know platform it's on over there will look like 16 episodes, but really it was eight and then eight. Like a how it yeah. kind of Sopranos did the same thing, Mad Men did the same thing, where they kind of broke their final seasons into two like you know s- smaller chunks. But that was the thing, Les. So you you hit on something that's so huge here. I can. I can, so I've, I've watched Mad Men in real time, Hannah, Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, I was watching it week to week and then I've binged it again and loved it that way. But it's a very different experience in a show like this, where every episode feels like it ends on some sort of cliffhanger. My wife and I remarked last night, especially as we were going through into that final run in, oh my God, the final three (laughs) or four episodes of Breaking Bad are just so intense. Um, we, we, we were remarking, we looked at each other at the end of each one, like how the fuck did people wait a week between each of these episodes, much less months. I, it's it's because it's such a narrative storyline that's not like, See, like you know, Mad Men g- takes place over 10 years
2: but you know yeah, what I had that with but this goes to your point of having your best and your favorite so my best series that I've ever watched is Mad Men but my yeah. favorite which when I've gone back I've seen how flawed the later seasons was I think it's because it's the first series I ever binge watched when I first got Netflix I'd never watched a series like that before Bre- um, sorry Prison Break like I've never oh, yeah. binged something like that I know that a lot before. of people love that
0: show I love yeah. the First two the first two
2: seasons but this is what I thought when I watched them first two seasons I was said to my sister because she watched it in real time I was like how did you wait to find out <laughs> because it was such a like it was so intense so I used yeah. to be like that with Prison Break but that's my series that I know it's not the best but it's like got a special place in my heart because that was the first time I've watched TV like that I'm been like wow do you know what I mean <laughs> and just couldn't I watched that and I watched all four seasons of Um, prison break in like five days I hammered that because I was just like I'd never had telly like that before and I went like mental on it
0: (laughs) I need to go back and I I saw like there were a few shows like that where I wouldn't say the whole the whole series and what you know like all the entirety of the show was great but like uh, the first you know, Prison Break. I, I think I saw the first few episodes. I need to go back and just watch first season one.
2: Again. That are the first two seasons
0: of, mm. the first two seasons of the first two seasons of Twenty Four with Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. dude, that brilliance. I mean, you talk it. about you talk about intense. Oh my god, each episode isn't it like each episode is technically one hour an hour
3: of the day, yeah.
0: And it's twenty four episodes in a total season, so it's a twenty four hour block time. I mean, first of all, you, you once that premise is out there, you can't unforget it, and then you're like, "There's no way this <laughs> shit all happens." <laughs> like, do some when shit. does Jack Bauer go to the bathroom? In this? Like, he's gotta, he's gotta have lunch at some point, you know. But it, it's no, it's it, Breaking Bad was incredible, and but what, I think what surprised me the most is that uh, there are a lot of like crime. Narrative shows out there, like *Sopranos* is one of those. Um, you know, *Breaking Bad* certainly is, where the story ostensibly is the the caper, is the you know whatever they're trying to get away with. Whereas, I think the difference is that like *The Sopranos* is more about the kind of day to day life of cr- of people who are happen to be involved in crime. Uh, which also included plenty of murder and plenty of sex and and you know fun, uh, but but <laughs> Is been whereas, sex
2: fun? <laughs> well, <laughs> and sex. Well, in the same Just on, just the same time. Screen,
0: <laughs> not the same time on TV. You know, like we all, you know, whatever. Um, whereas Breaking Bad, on first glance, feels like just this one story about a guy and a criminal operation and whatever. But what but what, what separates the, the the shows with a really good like store a really good gimmick, if you will, versus the ones that are truly transcendent or great is the humanity and the character development. Like Mad Men is not full of action no. and yet it so sucks you in because of just how much the characters and he the development.
2: I've never right. had a character that my whole emotion has I changed world so much.
0: And, and Walt White in this is a very similar, you know, I think you go through a lot of roller coaster with him at times, but, and you probably, most people, like my wife hated him by the end, but you know, that's fine. I get it. I kind of hated him, but I also thought he was diabolical and a genius, you know, like. But but I think that that w- what was great about Breaking Bad too, much like The Sopranos, much like Mad Men, much like The Wire, um, is that while they they have some of those kind of those elements in them of the story devices, it is your investment in those people. Uh, that really suck you in like i i never thought i would like jesse for instance less you know uh, walt white's protege or whatever uh or think he had much to him but man there he had some scene like i I saw that aaron paul won all of these golden globes and emmys for his performances in breaking bad and i was always kind of like yeah it's probably because he's in breaking bad no he he's incredible in that show and i didn't realize how his the character arc goes from this two-dimensional type character to something much deeper very quickly, and and it's 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 a great watch. So Hannah, I would my challenge to you is three episodes, and then if you don't like it, then you. Don't
2: I'm like just it. finishing off. I'm just going to plug. So Les, you'll be able to get it, you might be able to get it on HBO, maybe Rob or Hulu, and the Serpents incredible oh, so the serpent? the serpent so it's based on a What's true story so it's about this couple but maybe this man basically was this genius basically but a diabolical criminal well, but he was, of yeah serial killer gem dealer so it was in Bangkok back in the 70s it's brilliant and it's a very suspense on the edgy, you see, type of it. Um, it starts off very slow and then it's it got to the point. Have you ever watched a series before? You're that annoyed because something's so intense and not going the way you want. They have to pause it because yeah. you're sort of like, Ugh. I have to do <laughs> yeah, that <breaking> last <laughs> night because I was yeah. so pissed off at a scene and it, it's really gripping. So you'll probably have to, it's on iPlayer, so you'll get it on HBO or Hulu or something. It's okay. brilliant.
3: Okay. I absolutely oh, love so the clothes cool. in it as well.
2: So good.
3: Oh, the 70s clothes it? Yeah, it's only it been out new-
2: for about two months okay. now. I think Monique's clothes. Oh, my well, God. Well, I'm definitely
3: dressing like him in summer. I'm getting some high waisted flares. Yeah, I'm like-
2: going to be yeah. Monique. Yeah.
0: I think it. my next. So, we're going to watch tonight. I think we're going to watch El Camino, which is the movie that takes place right after the events of the f- that last episode of Breaking Bad. And then I'm taking a little trip down to Texas to see my newly vaccinated parents, uh, which I'm very excited about. Thank you very much. Um, and then when I get back, we're gonna we'll do uh, Better Call Saul, which I've heard is incredible, which is a prequel series to Breaking I'd Bad. I'd say that
3: starts off a little bit. More. It starts off a bit slow,
0: that. but I've heard it's. I, I, I'm it not worried brilliant. one bit yeah. about how great right, it once is. Once I've dealt with uh, the
2: serpents, and catching up on Drag Race. Then I'll. Dip into <laughs> bars.
0: Her, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, I'm telling you and if you post about it on online everton twitter will go insane about it um yeah you know the other one i know I've, i've said i've been a i've been a quote stand for it before don't ever tell my wife i use that word because she uses that word and i give her shit about it all the time but uh, the show that I'm going to rewatch mainly because, A, I want to rewatch it uh, in the same way we were just talking about, like, instead of week to week watching a show, binging all the way through and you get kind of a different experience with it. Uh, and one she has not seen is The Americans, which I, I can't wait to rewatch that one. It that is an rec- incredible Mag show. My
2: Keeps Recommends. And that's me based um, off Mad so Men. Good. I think that's why yeah. it is. It says because you like Mad Men and keeps coming off you know,
0: the What Mad Men did for, you know how Mad Men was so great at uh, every level. Little detail of clothes items, everything from the sixties. The events right?
2: going on, everything. The yeah.
0: Americans did that for the early eighties in America. Oh, okay. I, it's incredible, like the attention to detail, and, and frankly, like Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell are just great. And knowing, by the way, that they eventually got together in real life while they were making the Americans and got married in real life <laughs> is really kind of a weird, you know. I love it when that happens. When
2: you find yeah. out that actors that you love are together, I love yeah. that. You know. You feel involved. I know. I. I feel like I'm part hey,
0: of Hey, Ru- look, Ross, Ross and Rachel are really together in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay, guys. Well, I had I had promised you guys. Uh, I probably We're not going to get. We're going to do an hour. I promise. You and said look under up, an
2: hour. <laughs> under. I, did, I don't think
0: I said under an hour. I, I said. I'm going to
2: go
0: back. <laughs> I'm never going to promise facts under an hour. Is and facts. If I do. If I. If if you ever. If you ever see me on WhatsApp saying we're only going to do. We're going to do under an hour. You can just assume that Matt Jones has hacked my account because it's not me, all <laughs> right? It's not like uh, yours. that I'm being... Well, saying, oh, well, oh, sorry,
2: ahead. no, yeah. We'll try not to go over an hour. So that's still under an to. hour.
0: Hey, <laughs> but you know, Breaking Bad happened. Uh, Lu- you know, uh, Everton beat Liverpool. Uh, Luca Dean signed a new contract. We didn't even talk about the new stadium. I
2: know, which, I was just thinking
0: you no know, <laughs> Okay, the only thing I'm going to say about the new stadium is that uh, I'm I'm thrilled and I'm excited Um there is probably something about the kind of bureaucracy of uh, of every six months, uh, new planning permit announced. So that if these next four meetings go according to plan, we will actually start. Yeah, but like, it's the I, final I, one now. It's the final one, and I know twenty-one that this one days. Needs more.
2: Twenty-one days, but, and we know for certain that it's happening.
0: S- you know, sort of like uh, hey, when Raquel May is wearing the uh, the blue shirt, then let me know, Les. Les will get that joke. Um, <laughs> When when I see uh, Farhad with a shovel in his hand, you know, like, <laughs> scooping out that first bit of dirt, then you let me know. Uh, no, I'm not skeptical. I know it's going to happen. I'm excited. I can't wait to actually go to a game there. But now it actually establishes a clock that that enables me to say, I've got this many more games at Goodison that I can hopefully attend. And my goal next time I come over is to come at a time where I can attend two two matches and two matches while I'm over, uh, maybe a home and away or maybe two games.
2: Maybe Goodison. a nice little mid. Miss- Week cup
0: game. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, you know when we're we're, we're in Europe we uh, Europe. Little
2: Thursday so.
0: nights. Nice. Yeah. Ch- little champions. Little Champions League midweek uh, in France or something like <laughs> that. Yeah. All over that sounds great. Well, guys, this has been fantastic. Uh, Hannah Farrell, Les Roberts, thank you both. Uh, of course, guys. It, we have a little time to breathe. There's no game until Monday. I, I'm really excited about not having a game every 72 to 96 hours uh, for a change. Uh, so, but we still have plenty of content on subs weekly. Uh, came out yesterday. It's or yesterday or the day before. It's always great. Uh, if you're listening to this now, you'll probably notice that this uh, kickabout is out on Thursday. We are trying to shift it uh, to recording on Wednesday so that we can release it on Thursdays uh, so that you're not getting it in the uh, the wee hours before the Saturday game where everything you've just listened to uh, may or may not be of, of, of relevance to you at that point. But uh, we're trying to start getting out earlier in the week. Uh, I'm also, just as a little plug, going to be on the Monday show with Ben Crawford uh, this coming week, which may or may not be on a Monday. It could be on a Sunday or on a Tuesday. We've got a game on Monday, so it's always kind of complicated. Uh, but of course, we'll have uh, mailbag coming up. Uh, we'll have post-match on Monday. We'll have just so much Blue Room content you won't know what to do with it. But uh, uh, for those of you out there who are enjoying uh, the glow of beating uh, beating the Reds this week, please continue to enjoy it. But please drink responsibly. Uh, don't get behind <laughs> the wheel. Uh, don't drink drive as they call it over there or anything like that. Uh, but for Les Roberts and Hannah Farrell, I'm Rob Vera. We'll see you guys again next week for more Kickabout. Take care. What a great way to recognize your employees.